Welcome to Thought Revolution. This is a show for leaders like you who want to learn how to lead and manage in a way that expands your impact and influence. My name is Kristen Nebro and I am the founder of Impact Consultancy. And I'm excited to share with you my biggest aha moments and thought-provoking concepts that are designed to free up your time, your team's capacity, and your ability to create impact in the world. Let's go. Welcome back. This is episode 10. I'm excited. 10 episodes. I can't believe we made it here. And today, we're going to be talking about a no BS way to actually create compelling engagement. And I really want to highlight that word, compelling engagement. Just advocacy, especially for your goals, your long-term initiatives, your strategic plan, whatever that looks like. And I'm going to bring us back here. This is part of a system that we talked about in episode eight, the four keys of strategy execution. Uh, I spent a lot of time breaking that down with organizations. And what I want to make sure that I call out here is that before we do any work today around creating compelling engagement, you got to make sure that you have a clear goal. And what I mean by that is you've translated your strategy into something that might be vague and into something that's super clear. It's got a super clear start line, finish line timeline so you know it's got a from x to y by when in other words it should sound something like reduce um, patient wait times from 21 days to seven days by you know december 31st Uh, reduce the serious safety event rate um, from x to y Um, reduce the preventative maintenance ratio to demand maintenance ratio from x to y um, improve graduation rates from X to Y, etc. You got what I'm trying to say here. Um, and if you haven't done that, forget it. Don't even listen to this. Actually, I shouldn't even shine you away. Go ahead, listen to what I have to say, but it won't have any application until you've done that. Now, here's the second thing. So assuming that you've got a clear goal, it better be broken down. And what I mean by that is you better understand the one to three, no more than three, but one to three, one to two major contributors that are getting in the way of you being able to reach that goal. So what I've experienced is most folks have a goal. Maybe they've done the really um, great work of turning it into what's called a smart format, Uh, but then they've just like deployed it. And that's just a mistake. I'm not gonna go into it here today, but it has to get broken down. It has to get broken down into at least the one or two um, measures that help you understand how how things are are rolling back up, what is getting in the way of actually being able to meet that goal. And once you've broken it down, it affords you the opportunity, and this is from episode nine, where we talked about, that was the results episode and talking about lead measures. It affords you the opportunity to now bring teams in and have them figure out how we're gonna contribute. And the measures that they're creating are called lead measures. Those are the ones that are predictive and influenceable, super important. So if you don't have a clear goal, if it's not broken down and there are no lead measures, this episode is is almost useless to you. It's just nothing more than good information. But if you've got all that, let's talk. So today we're gonna talk about building compelling engagement and the key tool we're gonna be talking about, there's two pieces here. One is a scoreboard and the other is about creating this um, cycle of continuous accountability. So we're going to talk specifically about a routine that we use. But when I talk about building a scoreboard, the scoreboard, and I'll go more into it, is really built around the team's goal, the team's lead measure. And that's tied to the long-term goal. But don't get mistaken here. This is the team. And I think that's really important because what we're talking about here is there's a goal that the team has created and it makes a difference for them. Like they don't care 
about the long-term goal of the organization. Okay, let me back up. Maybe they do, but it's too big, it's too far, it's too disconnected from where they are. So having a goal that's created by the team, for the team that contributes to the long-term goal is really different because that's them choosing the meaning. And I really think that that's important. And so sometimes people will uh, you know, ask me questions like, you know, Chris, I'm not able to get accountability from my team or um, my people just don't care. And when I hear that, I think that's really important. And again, now I'm tying back to episode, I believe it's six where we talked about um, creating, or no, it was episode two, creating um, a massive engagement. And I offer four questions for folks to really consider. What is the pain? What's getting in the way um, of people being able to do their best work? What's the impact that that's having? How do they want things to operate? And finally, what difference would that make for their life? And the reason we ask those questions is because the why isn't why are you doing this goal? The why is connected to people's pain. Like what's the future that they want? And what is it that you're creating? What's the desire? And then you connect those goals to those desires. And it's really powerful when you can do that and then you have a team create their own goal that contributes up. It's super different. And here's the deal. We don't say what we see. We see what we say. And I know that sounds like some weird riddle, but you have to understand when I people, when I hear leaders, managers get frustrated with me and come at me as if I don't know what I'm talking about. And they say, well, Chris, you don't know my team. I, you know, folks aren't being accountable or, or they're not, you know, really caring about what we're doing. What I am noticing is that they're seeing what they're saying and what they're saying is there's no accountability. But what I'm knowing, because they're not actually seeing the reality here, is that they don't know their people's pain. When I ask what is your team's pain, truly, they list off some things that they think and typically they're also listing off their own pain, but they have no idea what their team's actual desire is and they have not gone through a process to connect their team's desires, what they really want and the difference it would make for them to the, the goal to create anything that makes um, this, this target that the team is after remotely meaningful. And I think that's so important because, you know, it's, it's really powerful to be able to say, um, I can't get accountability. And it's a game changer when you can say, this is going to make a real difference. So let me say this differently. If all you're seeing is resistance, that's what you're gonna say. But if you're seeing a group that's disconnected from a future, you're gonna say something different. You're not gonna say that people are resistant. You're gonna say that they have a concern. Totally different. They have a concern that has not been met yet. At least that's what I typically see. I don't know how many times I have to correct leaders when leaders say, I'm really sorry, my team's a bit resistant. And I always try to shift that right away because this is about context. This isn't about putting positivity on anything. This is about reframing what you're seeing. And what I'm seeing are folks that are concerned. They have maybe some healthy skepticism, but they might have resignation and that's a concern. They're resigned for a reason. And, and the reason is no one is connected and surfaced what their desires are because they're not even clear what they are. And maybe they had hopes and dreams, but those fall short because they haven't been able to um, feel like they can trust the system. So what we're trying to do is pull those up and then we're trying to connect those to those lead measures and those goals. And from that place, we can go into this conversation today about building compelling engagement. And, and it's not like a one-shot deal. That's why this is living over a number of different episodes. You know, this is work. This is something that is so much a part of leadership, which is why leadership is so sacred because it's much like, you know, the body and having, um, you know, the, the humility to know that you're gonna get, you know, into action every single day because what you're trying to do is live health. I think that's important. Like we've all heard that you can't jump on a treadmill one day and say, I'm done. It doesn't work that way. 
it works really differently. You may, you know, you have to pay attention to it. And so instead of deploying the humility that I think is important to say, I'm consistently and deliberately every single day trying to understand what the, the pains and desires are and pulling that up from folks and then building systems to make sure that we can live that. Most of us have the audacity to say, I can't get accountability. I am frustrated. How dare they? Or my people don't care. And, and, and I get it. I get that it's really hard being a leader. I've been there. I've been there and I've even been so burnt out, I left my leadership position. And it took a whole lot of humility for me to really connect with the reality that I wasn't doing what was needed. And I know that that might sound like I'm blaming myself or being hard on myself, but I think that's me taking total responsibility for everything that's happening in my universe. And that's different. When I got that I was going to find a way to be responsible, to be able to respond and create, then something different happened. So that's my rant as we get this started. You know, I just get really excited about this and I want folks to know that you can do this. And so I'm gonna to talk to you about this, the last couple of tools and routines here to build this system to create this compelling engagement. But let's make no mistake, at the center of all of this is you and, and you seeing what you're saying and you must be saying to yourself, this matters. And this matters because you matter. At the very heart of things, you matter. And it's not about what you do that matters, it's about who you are. And if you're not clear who you are, then all of this is just out there. These are just tools. So I really want you to just connect with who you are. You don't have to go deep on me. You don't have to go on a, some, you know, a crazy sojourn to figure out who you are because you know who you are. You know, you're that person who came out in the world and you had actually no words. You were helpless. You couldn't grasp anything and you made a sound and people look down at you and you organize the world around you to get your needs met. That's who you are. That's how you came into this world. And now maybe you're leading, you know, one person or 10 people or 80 people and you feel like you have to have all the answers and you don't. But you do have to have a system because that's really what drives um, any organization. It's the deal is everyone's going to come into an organization. They're going to have their own way of thinking. They're going to have their own values. And then you're going to push these organizational values on them. And that's fine. But the, the reality is that um, the, the best way, the best leverage we've found to be able to really drive behavior isn't by trying to go tit for tat with values because that's going to govern people's behavior no matter what. And it's really hard to give them something new to align around. It's just um, a lot more work to do it that way. So systems and structures we found in the research shows is the next highest place of leverage. It drives behaviors. You know your structures and your organizations do. You know that if you set up meetings back to back, that folks are always going to be late to the next meeting. The structure is set up that way, right? And so we're trying to build better systems to drive different kinds of behaviors. So with all of that, I wanna introduce the third key. I'm gonna go a little bit deeper into it. The third key of the four keys of strategy execution. And again, this is all about keeping um, score. This is about tracking the lead measures. And it's something tangible that members of your team can see and use and use to be able to measure their progress. And the intention here is to keep a compelling scoreboard. And I'm going to highlight those two words, compelling and scoreboard. And let me break that down for you. So scoreboards are not dashboards. If you're hearing dashboard, then let me explain what that is. Dashboards are used by senior leaders and they report typically on lag measures or outcome measures. They're gonna report on the goal. They're gonna tell you what happened after the game was played. They're usually really pretty. They're created by some kind of specialist and maybe they're updated by an executive assistant or knowledge management or a data analyst. Somebody somewhere is 
you know, updating these dashboards. And sometimes these things are fed to external stakeholders like our board or, um, you know, somebody outside in the community. That's not what I'm talking about here. Scoreboards are totally different. Scoreboards are actually used by the team. So if you think about the hierarchy of an organization, dashboards are great. They're necessary. I'm not trying to poo-poo on them. They're awesome, but they're for a different audience. Scoreboards are, are what are used closer to the front lines. Okay, This is used by the team, and they report on the lead measures and the team goals, and they really demonstrate the weekly activities that the, key, the team is engaging in to move the needle on the lead measure. Now remember, our lead measures push our team goal. Our team goal is um, a, a lag measure, and that's pushing the overall goal. And what we're doing is bringing the goal in closer because we're trying to motivate the team and give the team an opportunity to think about what it is that they want to do to win. So this is their goal. And that's what this is capturing. So this is a board that's for the team. It lives at the team level and it's created by the team. It's updated by the team, which I think is really important. And it's doing a couple different things here. I just mentioned how it creates a line of sight to the long-term goal by showing how the lead measures push the team goal and the team goal pushes the overall goal. But I think what's really important is it's also showing what it is that we're committing to every single week that's gonna push the lead measure. And what it's starting to show us is, are we doing the right things? And are those things making a difference? So it's showing the connection between what we're doing and our actions and the lead measures and the results. And that's killer, because what we're doing is teaching people how to win. We're teaching them how to create results. And I think that's so important because most of us are so used to just doing things. We do things and maybe we'll get a reaction in the world, which I think is important to understand. We'll do things and maybe that we'll, we'll get something that matters to us. Like we'll get a response, we'll get a smile, um, we'll get an agreement and that feels good and we feel like we're making a difference. But I'm here to tell you that if you're not really clear what you're truly trying to make a difference around, you might not be winning. You might not be truly making the impact that's important. And I think that's super, that, that's just significant for me as someone who is collectively trying to bring an organization together. You, yourself, as Peter, Jane, or Sally, trying to make a difference in the world on your own, fine. But when you're part of an organization and it's got a mission, you have to figure out how you're connected to that mission and you can't be on your own solo mission thinking that you know better, okay? So here's what we know. According to Gallup research, employees don't respond well to being reduced to a number. Surprise, right? Those same employees actually need measures of success to compare their performance to, which I think is important. However, in this survey, only one in five felt like their performance was managed in a motivating way. And I think that's super important. And this is where the compelling part comes in. People who feel like they are connected to a meaningful goal, a meaningful goal, are just gonna, they're gonna behave differently. People who are emotionally engaged, they perform better. And when people can um, engage with what they can affect, they're actually gonna be in action, which is super important. They're not just working for their paycheck anymore. You know, they work because they love the impact they create. And we want that impact to be moving in a similar direction, not a whole bunch of folks acting in silos. So the goals become clear, which is important, and they know their role. And they're not confused about you know, the end game. And so these scoreboards are really important because leaders often make the mistake of creating scorecards for their teams you know, that tend to be complicated or disconnected from the team's work. And you know what I'm talking about. Graphs, metrics, 
Maybe they're buried in a SharePoint or shared drive. Maybe they're pasted onto some kind of PowerPoint slide that get brought out once a month at a staff meeting. Hey guys, let's review this. Like they're, they're just not owned by the team. They're reported to back to the team. The team might have conversation about what happened, but they're not really in action. This is the difference between you know, being on the field and being in the stands. And you know what I'm talking about here. When you're in the stands, you're talking about the game. It's usually, you know, um, you're cheering for what might be happening or you're super critical of what's going on. And when you're on the field, it's super different. You're actually calling plays. You're moving things forward. And so scoreboards bring that element into play. And scoreboards are pretty cool because when, you know, your employees are given the opportunity to use their creativity to make their own means of measurement, the incentive is just different. You know, they become self-regulating, they become committed to their teammates. And I think that's important. We're talking now about horizontal commitment, which is, I find, very rarely seen by me in organizations. Typically, when I see something that's even close to accountability in organizations, it's more vertical. It runs from manager or director, quote unquote, down. Um, so it's, it's different, um, you know, rather than a fractured, disengaged set of people who feel less motivated because they simply can't execute, you know, the, the goals set out by upper management are, are um, just given to folks. Now they're a part of something. And I think that's really important because if members of the team know the score, they're going to be better able to evaluate their performance and make necessary changes to their part of the winnable game. And I think that's really critical. So what are the elements of these scoreboards? You know, they, they don't look fancy. They don't look like dashboards. They can be electronic, but typically they're made by teams. They live like on whiteboards or flip charts or styrofoam board. And they typically show a couple things. It's pretty simple. They're gonna show the lag measure or the team goal on top and the lead measures on the bottom. Cause you wanna make this, we call it red threading. Um, we wanna connect what the, the, the lead measures are, the, the high leverage activities to the overall goal. We're going to have pictures on the right-hand side. So maybe a simple graph, a pie chart, whatever, a thermometer that's showing how well we're doing. And then words on the left. And the words that are on the left are basically going to be the goals or the lead measures. So the litmus test is me who doesn't know anything about your work walking in and taking a look and saying, oh, there's our goal. Oh, those are the lead measures that are pushing their goal. Oh, I can see how they're performing. I can tell at a glance, are they winning or losing? I can maybe see a goal line on their chart, or I can see a status symbol like red or green or arrow up, arrow down. And oh, I can read what that goal is in case I'm not clear. That's all that there is to it. And there should be some personality because again, this is about the team creating some meaning. So I've seen lots of scoreboards and have been part of creating scoreboards, which are really fun, not because it's fun to make a scoreboard, but because the team is connected to the goals that they created. And so when I hear people say, I can't, you know, people don't care, they don't have accountability, it's because you haven't engaged your team to create meaningful goals. And that's on you, quite frankly. So when teams feel connected to their goals, you see some really killer scoreboards. They reflect their commitment to, you know, to, to win in whatever it is that they said they're gonna win at, their commitment to make sure that young people are able to stay retained in the program so that they can have success in their course. They're committed to making sure that folks buy their product because they know that the product is gonna make a difference for their lives. They're committed to making sure that they're able to get a certain number of subscriptions um, because they love the kind of marketing that they put out there because they know that it's gonna make folks, you know, get into action around something that's gonna make a difference for their life. Whatever that is, right? I think that's super important. So this is what keys one, two, and three are. 
Key one is about focusing on your breakthrough goals. So that's the, or, that's the organizational level, making sure that the leaders are not giving the organization more than one to three things to focus on. Key number two is about having lead measures that matter, that leverage and push these goals. And now key number three is about creating compelling scoreboards, having teams create these scoreboards that connect to the lead measures that they created, that they know are meaningful to them and that are gonna push these one to three overall goals. That's a, a fantastic formula for a, a winnable game. I think I've seen and I've lived. And again, we don't, you know, we don't say what we see. We see what we say. You know, the most simple example of that is, you know, if I see a table, I'll say table. But that's me seeing what I say because, you know, I'm I'm telling myself that's a table, and then I see a table. My dog doesn't see a table. My dog doesn't even know what the word table is, right? So I've manufactured this thing called table and I see it and I call it that. And I think that I, that's a kind of a silly like metaphor, but I just want you to really get like, if I cross, you know, if I'm playing football and I cross into the end zone, I see an end zone and I say end zone. If my dog were to cross, same thing. My cross, my dog doesn't know that. My dog Megs doesn't know that. She just walks across and thinks it's grass. So we're gonna see what we say and we don't even know we've created these constructs. And the same thing applies for us as leaders when we see what we say and talk about our teams. And so what we have to begin saying to ourselves is that our teams are fully capable. They just don't know it yet. That's all that it is. You know, that's all that it is. It's the opportunity for us to say, this is who my team is and this is who I am even if everything looks contrary to what I just said, right? This is what's possible for my team and I'm gonna live from the place assuming that that future, that possibility is real. And so as a leader, recognizing the ability of your team to accomplish goals for your organization is a big step towards successful strategy execution. Being able to step back and give them the room to be creative and productive is a powerful way to give yourself breathing room to focus on your big picture and you don't have to do it alone. This is engaging. This is a we game, which I think is really cool. So that's key three, that's compelling scoreboards. I wanna bring in the last key as well because these all go together really well. And the final one, of course, maybe you don't remember and I'm gonna make sure I remind you right now, is all about creating continuous accountability. This, this accountability within your team. And again, this accountability to their goal and this accountability to each other. And I think that's, that's what's gonna be the heart here of, of what I'm talking about. Uh, this accountability, not just to wanting to make a difference, but wanting to do it together. So key one, you've worked with your team to define your breakthrough goals. We've talked about that. These are focused, specific goals to help you change the trajectory of any aspect of your department, your division, or your organization. Key two, I'm just gonna keep breaking it down for you, has led to acting on lead measures so your team can affect the change. And that's what we want. We can engage with what we affect. So now we've got these goals that are really meaningful to the team. They live at the team level. And then key three is about pulling everyone together to create a winnable game by allowing your team to make a scoreboard that lets them measure the results of their actions. Even though a scoreboard might sound a little competitive, it is in the nature in which it's developed. And it's, it's really not based on the nature that it's developed and presented. Um, and what we're trying to build here is, is cooperation and collaboration, which is totally different. So let's talk about this last key. So the last key here is about initiating a cycle of continuous accountability. And the way it looks is about um, implementing a routine. And the routine we're looking for is asking team members to meet weekly. And it's a fast and focused meeting, the two Fs, which I think are really important. This is different than maybe if you've heard of a daily huddle, which is more operational. Um, this is a different kind of fast and focused meeting. And we're focused entirely on 
the goal, the strategy. There's no day-to-day -day that's allowed to be talked about inside of this meeting. No urgencies, no anything, just the goal. So we suggest that it happens um, in a regular way. And what I mean by that is that it happens on the same day, at the same time, in the same place, with the standard agenda. I'm gonna talk about that agenda here. And that it happens in front of your scoreboard. So those things are really important. So we're building a rhythm. We're not leveraging a staff meeting. Right, we're not. We're not we're going to sit around for an hour and take a look at things. This isn't the manager just pulling out, you know, the the PowerPoint chart. This is us every single week for maybe ten minutes at the same time at the same place in front of our scoreboard, which we're going to interact with that the team made, checking in on the goal that we committed to, and during the meeting, team members are basically asking each other, "What are the one to two most important things I can do this week that's going to have the biggest impact on that scoreboard?" And we're really going to be walking through three questions. And, and it's, it's, um, it's going to be really important because I want you to notice a pattern here. Key one is about narrowing the focus. Key two is about leveraging our activity. Key three is about seeing the score. And so the four keys don't just act as a means to attain a result. I want you to notice that they act as a way to teach our teams how to achieve results. And I know that sounds kind of corny, but what I think is really important here is, and this is my belief, my belief is that organizations really have two roles. And maybe they don't see it that way, but that's how I see it. One role is to be able to achieve mission by getting results. And I think that's important and I think that's obvious, but I think that mindset in and of itself is too short-sighted and, and that's what's happening today. In the day and age that we're at, I've thought about this for a long time. I'm not that old, I'm only 43, but this became really evident to me right about 1995, 96, and it's showing up even stronger today. And I believe that the other role of an, an organization, and I feel like this is gonna be the differentiator here in the next five years, is not just to get results, but to teach people how to get results. Almost as if the organization is a leadership development um, vessel. And the reason that's so important is not because it's good um, or it's the right thing to do. It's because what's really important at this point in time is adaptability. And those that are not adaptable are those organizations who haven't taught their people how to get results in the context of extreme uncertainty. And now more than ever, I feel like the environment is set up that way where our markets are experiencing a lot of uncertainty. So Teaching people how to get results is huge. And I say that because, uh, you know, if you take a close look at most people's lives, they may have been able to achieve some results, but we want them to really figure out how to achieve results, especially when things are hard and especially within an organization because there's a special kind of problem that shows up in an organization that's different from an individual's lives. In most of our lives as individuals, most of the problems we deal with are what we would call simple. But in an organization, the kind of problems we deal with are called adaptive. They're more complex. They require more thought and more collaboration. And when people haven't figured out how to achieve really um, challenging and worthy results, then those organizations are at massive risk. And the only thing that can save them would be time because the pressure isn't there or they've been infused with enough resource to buffer against whatever's coming at them. And I really feel like the time and the resource is running out. So back to the meeting, let me talk more about this. We've got this weekly meeting, that's about the right rhythm. And so we're really dancing around three questions. The first question is, 
Did I meet last week's commitments? Everybody on the team is taking a look and answering the question, this is what I committed to. I committed to making sure I made five phone calls and qualifying two leads. I, I committed to making sure that I followed up with two candidates and scheduled one interview. I committed to making sure that I um, refined the template and send it back out for everyone's input. So you wanna get a really strong commitment. Next, did those actions, the commitments that they made, if they followed through on them, did they move the lead measures on the scoreboard? So now they're actually interacting with the scoreboard and finding out whether or not it made a difference. Because remember, people don't have a lot of time. They're already engaged in the day-to-day -day work and this is something that's extra that they're going for that's, that's um, supposed to set up the organization to either grow or develop. So the time frame here is really precious. So we're really making sure we're leveraging you know, high value actions that are really pushing the lead measure forward. And then last but not least, what commitment am I gonna make for the next week? And so those are the three questions and that's it. And having been with a number of teams and coaching them through this, this isn't a long meeting. We're not sitting there trying to figure out what went wrong. If folks weren't able to keep their commitment, we want to find out what got in their way and see what we can do to make sure we support them the next week. It's when we hit the trend where we connect as managers or supervisors and, and make sure that we connect with the team and say, you know what, I noticed that we struggled. Let's take this offline or let's schedule an extra amount of time to figure out what we're gonna do to create commitments to make sure that we have the time to do this. Or when we start to notice that the actions that we took didn't move anything, great, now we know that we're going down the wrong path. And here's what's so important about coming back to adaptability. This is all about learning. And so we wanna to begin to see really quickly what's not working because we wanna ditch it. And we want to move more, more aggressively and consciously and purposefully around what is working. So what we'll find is with a cohesive, cooperative team that's working on the same goals, these meetings are essential because people are more likely to commit to ideas of their own rather than those handed down from upstairs. By asking questions amongst themselves and answering themselves, the groundwork for buy-in is completely laid. It's really important. So committing to other members of the team creates a different sense of obligation than when an employee is ordered to do something. The promise they make to their peers, and I've seen this and I've even been a part of it, and the promise they make to themselves, it just holds more gravity because they have a collective allegiance to the team's goal because it's their goal, there's meaning there. And in this way, they're committed to each other. Remember, they're seeing what they're saying. And I think what's important is they're saying to themselves, this matters. And that it's not just a professional obligation either. It's become personal. It's like a promise to a classmate or a friend. It's, you know, maybe you've experienced this. Um, and if you haven't, I invite you, you know, to again, apply these four keys because it's powerful, powerful to begin to see this. It's powerful to be in an organization and see the cultural shift that can show up. If there's already a collaborative group, you see them getting focused and really um, you know, heightening their performance, which is killer. If you don't have a collaborative group, you see a shift and it's amazing to begin to have folks really talk about it. And it, I love people talking about it because their energy just goes up because there's an excitement for what's happening. And, and since you have properly instituted the first three of the four keys, if you, if you have, then you've created an environment in which your team members run like a, a, almost like a smooth machine, I, in a way, like with these checks and balances that create collaborative and cooperative effort towards productivity, it's a, it's a trip. It's really cool. This increases engagement and morale too because when your team can use all of these four keys, they can start to see that they're actually winning. And when people can see they're winning, and when I say winning, I really mean like they can see the difference they're making. 
Like I feel like I'm winning when what I want is for my four-year-old uh, to clean their room, and they are. And when I want my seven-year-old to show gratitude, you know, by either giving or saying something um, that acknowledges what they have in the world. Like that's winning to me. I think that's important. So whatever winning is to you, maybe winning is to you is just being able to, you know, make massive sales. Well, well God bless to you, bro. But what I'm talking about here are folks who know that maybe if they're into sales, that um, if you are on that path, that whatever it is that you're selling is making a real difference for people. You know, whatever it is that you're doing in your particular position, it's having an impact. You know, maybe you're a manager and the impact you want to have is people feeling powerful about their work. Um, and then you have something to say about what it is they're creating. I don't really know. I just know that this is important. It's important that we know that we're actually making a difference and we're creating results. So there you have it. Those are the keys today. I've been talking a lot more, I think, about how I'm seeing things and maybe um, being prescriptive, but building a compelling scoreboard, super important. You can see more of what I'm talking about if you go to the website um, of my company here, so www.impactconsultancy.org. Um, I'd love to share with you examples. So, you know, you can follow me on LinkedIn, you can DM me, I'll send you anything you wanna see. I just think it's really powerful to be able to see all these things in action. And of course, that last key, talking about um, creating a cycle of continuous accountability. And I love that. I love that the accountability is continuous because that's the reality. You have to have continuous accountability to yourself around your health, around your relationships, around your finances. And the same thing is true here. Like, I, don't get me wrong, your goal, will, your goal will be achieved and you're done, but we're never done growing. These organizations are never done growing, so the, the accountability never really stops. Um, what I would say is uh, this, and I'm not going to go too deep into it here because we're finishing the podcast, but there is something to be said about getting strong commitments. And I really want you to think about that because some of us are really bad at commitments. I really want you to make sure that when folks are giving you their commitment, that they're, they're actually stating a specific deliverable with an outcome they're going to create. And so um, if you want to hear more, again, visit the website read my articles, I can give you more about that. But getting commitments I think is powerful because like I said, we're not just teaching people how to achieve results, you're teaching them how to create powerful commitments that they can use in their lives, with their families, and I just think that's important. So, that's all I gotta say about that for today. Well, I guess that's, that's it, we're there, we're done. That's your dose of thought revolution for today, believe it or not. Uh, you know, I know that you are on a mission to spend every minute of your day making a difference instead of just making things work because that's who you are. And I'm just super pleased to be a part of that journey with you. I, I really want you to rate and leave me a review if you haven't. I want to hear your voice. I want to know that this is making a difference for you. Or I want you to give me three stars and say, Bleh. you know, and what is it that you want? I want to make sure that I hear that from you. Um, I love you subscribers. And it would mean a lot for me to have the interaction with you to find out um, how you're feeling about the podcast. So please leave um, a rating, leave a review, and I'll catch up with you guys next time for episode 11.